How's this? Is this better? Uh, keep talking. Just uh, sing a song or talk about the your day. Happy birthday to you. Yes, that is better. Happy birthday. Did you go outside? You. Yeah, I went outside. Oh, get the nail. That's what happened. Don't do that again. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what did it. Push, pushing the the threshold of the Wi-Fi, man. But all right, cool. Well, at least we know what that was. So right. we can we can attribute. Okay, I'll, can't go outside. I'll stay put. I'll stay put. <laughs> awesome. So resuming in three, two. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Joe Coella and Jeremy Lapierre. Guys, thank you so much for for hopping on and and being here. Glad to be here. So, new voice, obviously, and why don't we just go ahead and start with you, Jeremy. So why don't you just give us a quick introduction, who you are, uh, teams you play for, what you're best known for. Best known for? Oh, best known for refing, actually, it seems. Um, I started... um, I started back in 2009. Wow. So like 10 years ago, um, I subbed on a team. I don't remember the team's name exactly, but it had rat in it. Uh, and we were, we were the fun team that lost every game. And I remember thinking like, this will be fun. I've never done it before, but I've played sports before. Uh, how hard could it be? And then just being surprised at how good like adults could be at dodgeball. Right. Um, yeah, so I was pretty much hooked since then. Uh, I think I started playing competitively, uh, I want to say th- uh, three years ago uh, in Elite um, with 8.5, uh, which was a-, a new beast for me. I, I definitely grew up playing uh, what's called rubber, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, so started played 8.5 uh that was a rough start i think it started it was a team called resistance uh glenn spacer was on it he was uh, our captain um i think and essentially uh he moved to california and threw together a team um uh, of uh, basically no sting players who wanted to get into elite um so we formed uh we weren't great but uh definitely uh, uh everyone on the team kind of caught the bug uh for the most part and, and continued on with other teams uh so that was a great experiment in and of itself. Uh, from there, I think I ended up on Arsenal uh, for for a brief stint. Um, I had an unfortunate an unfortunate injury. Uh, took a shot in the eye from um, uh, during an eight point five just like pickup, uh, and unfortunately that kind of uh, it broke a blood vessel in between one of the layers of my eyes uh, in my right eye. Thanks and. Uh, yeah, pulled. I couldn't see anything. That was kind of nutty. That was pretty simple. But, but, like, just couldn't see out of the eye. Everything was black. Um, but yeah, I ended up uh, kind of retiring from what we'd call rubber dodgeball, um, and uh, kind of just play foam now. Uh, there was one. I guess there's two foam leagues in LA. Um, I play in one on Sundays, um, and uh, it's uh, it's WDBF style. It's six v six. It's co-ed though, which is a, a different but uh really fun uh and yeah uh, refereeing wise uh i started i think udc was the first big refereeing tournament um that i that i participated in i I refed in elite um and 
Uh, I think a lot of players have repped an elite though, so I don't know if that separates anyone necessarily. Uh, but yeah, I was asked to ref uh, by Alex Alvarez uh, to join his crew for a UDC, which is the trampoline tournament um, that had, uh, I think, a 20K payout for first place at that time. Um, and then from there, have just kind of joined uh, all competitive, like, roughing situations. Um, gotcha. Um, yeah, WDBF, uh, foam across all, all, all styles, I think, and uh, cloth should be, should be next whenever whenever that happens. Cool. So, I mean, you're no stranger to dodgeball then. And then also you definitely have some nice credentials going into worlds as a ref. That's fair to say. Uh, I would, I, I would hope so. Uh, yeah. I've, you know, yeah. UDC I is think, probably one of the top. Yeah. UDC, UDC is a big one. I think, I think, you know, every more or less major dodgeball tournament that's happened in America, I've uh, either refed or had a hand in, in, in helping in. So, uh, I, I hope that would qualify me to, to ref, um, dodgeball on the biggest stage. I would think so. Um, well, cool, man. Um, definitely trying to hold back and, uh, try to get to know you more because I, I definitely want to. So we'll just save that the rest for another episode, especially since you've been around since 2009. And, um, honestly, dude, like all I know about you, I had to, I had to creep on you on Facebook real quick. I was like, okay, if you must've seen him before and I have, but your, your profile pick is epic and that's all I know. So that's kind of changing now as I'm looking at your, your feed. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I know I, I see, I, I, I play against you in every tournament, it seems, uh, every major tournament. So, um, this is like our first time really, really chatting. So this is, this is a cool experience and yeah. Actually, uh, connecting and talking. Yeah. Um, Joe, how you doing? Doing good. Good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Um, on the off chance someone's listening, they don't know who you are. I, I just had a bunch of people listening from Ukraine, so it is a possibility. So I want you to just go ahead and give us a real quick introduction on who you are and, and what your background is, what you're best known sure. for. I mean, I mean, Jeremy had quite the resume leading up. I don't know. I'll follow that, but uh, we'll see. Here it goes. Uh, so my name is Joe Colella. I've been playing uh, dodgeball since uh, 2007, been refing since 2009, uh, most current team. i uh, uh, for Elite or USA Dodgeball, um, co-ed is uh, Echo, and for uh, Open Division, it's uh, Anarchy. Um, let's see, for refing, I, I started back in 2009 with Grand Canyon State Games, which is just kind of a local uh, tournament that they do twice a year out in Arizona, and that was the first time we got introduced to self-refing, so kind of got forced to understand the rules. Um and then in 2012, or whenever the beginning of Elite uh, started, uh, that's when I started refing in uh, Elite. I did the UDC 2018 with Jeremy and the uh, World Dodgeball in 2018 and 19 with, uh, with Jeremy as well. Nice. So obviously, no stranger to the dodgeball community either. Um... And this is why, you know, we can go back to like the OG panel discussions where I think it was your first appearance on the podcast. We did some recaps as well for both the East and the West. And um, definitely you guys both have a pretty stellar officiating resume. So again, do my best to just stay on topic. And thanks for this agenda. This is pretty, pretty nice and regimented. But I guess, um, yeah, I, it, like I said, we'll, we'll kind of t- focus on worlds. But if we go on a couple of tangents here or there, especially because refing such a unique way to contribute to the game it's like it's like, like a thank it's a thankless job 
you guys take a lot of crap from people. Um, and I definitely want to get into like the mental aspects of refing, what makes a good ref and all this other stuff. So we'll just go ahead and just follow, um, what you wrote out. So leading up to worlds. Um, so one of the first questions is, um, and we can start with you, Joe, is just how does somebody get to ref to the world stage? So you, you kind of both listed this buildup between Grand Canyon State Games, Elite. Uh, I feel like UDC is an instant qualifier, but um, like, how do you get that honor to, to get on the world stage and, as a ref? Well, I, I think it. I think it has to do. I think it's two part. I think uh, one, uh, obviously, you need to have a resume or at least a, um, you know, have refed in the past and have a good reputation uh, for being a ref, and then um, you know, really just getting involved. Um, with uh, some of the local uh, uh, tournament directors and organizers uh, within your country or your state, whatever, and uh, kind of just work your way through um, the different levels um, of competition leading up to, you know, the world stage. But honestly, I think it has a lot to do with more with uh, player reputation and, um, you know, uh, uh, knowledge of, of the game and, and some of the, the different rule sets and whatnot. What uh how'd you guys get pulled into UDC? Well, I think uh, actually I forget the year exactly, but um it was like their their first or second year of having the tournament and, and Alex Alvarez who um I've known for uh, for forever. Uh, I think we played together in like a league called Frogtown in WDBS or WDS. Uh he uh, was like the only player that I knew uh that was refing. Um, and then they always kind of looped him through him with uh, like the Sky Zone refs or whatever whatever staff was around at the time. Um, and then when, I think when they realized that this tournament could be a little more legitimate, uh, if we legitimized some uh, aspects of of the, of the tournament, um, Alex I think was tasked with uh, with forming um, kind of a head referee committee um, who could more or less lead the way uh, and. Um, Take and, and kind of take on the big games at those tournaments. Uh, and so uh, he reached out to me and a handful of others uh, that refed uh, in the LA uh, Worlds in 2018 um, and couldn't make it for Cancun, but I imagine we'll, we'll be uh, interested in, in other tournaments going forward. But um, yeah, I think from there, uh, the Jake Mason, the USA Dodgeball president, he, uh, as if we didn't know who Jake was, uh, he, uh, I think, you know, kind of approached me and, and separately about about just those sort of uh, putting together those types of committees in the in the future. So, um, yeah, we we're, uh, we're 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 trying we're trying we're trying to get the best uh, the best refs the most committed refs. Um, and if you have any interest, then I, uh, we're certainly looking for for those types of people. Gotcha. And- this is not meant to sound like a humble brag at all, but I was actually pretty honored when uh, when Joe offered to have me ref or asked if I'd be willing and able to ref for Worlds because it's kind of like a, okay, cool. They think I'm actually decent at it enough to potentially help on the world stage. So definitely comes with, if I may, like just some experience um, with Elite and whatnot. But I just imagine like UDC is like an instant, instant qualifier. I, I can't imagine how tough that's got to be, especially when there's thousands of dollars of, of cash on, on, on the line and you know, you're not necessarily refereeing, at least I don't think, uh, people that you normally see because you can kind of get used to your region. You can kind of know what, what to look for with certain players. But um, to just be thrown into this this mix, um, that's going to be pretty intense. 
So aside from like a good reputation as a player and as an official, some, some good experience that Joe kind of covered, do you think there's anything else um, that somebody would, would need to look for, Jeremy? If they wanted to ref on the world stage, or is that pretty much what we're looking for now? Or uh, I know uh, we've 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 had conversations. Uh, USA Dodgeball has with uh, maybe uh, putting together some sort of ref certification program. Um, I'm not sure how how uh, it, like progressed those talks have gotten, um, but that was uh, the idea. Um, and if we could put together something like that and have uh, more or less refs who get a score and, you know, obviously the higher, the higher scores get to ref the bigger games. Uh, and this would all come with um, hopefully, uh, hopefully some sort of compensation. Um, so uh, yeah, I think there's bigger fish to fry right now uh, in Dodge in the dodgeball world. So um, I'm not sure uh, when will it, when or if we'll ever get to implement something like that, but I know it is certainly something that uh, we'd love to love to be, to put together. Gotcha. That makes sense. I mean, you know, we, we want, we talk about like legitimizing the sport and uh, I'm just kind of cracking up because I remember the first national dodgeball league tournaments they had, um, they hired refs. And this was a common thing for, for, for organizations, uh, tournaments to do is they would just hire, you know, their staff or people that give no crafts about dodgeball. And you can just see like how, how badly they were run and, and what, uh, they were just not looking for. And, um, to go from that mentality to, hey, we're now we're talking about like an official certification program. We want to hire people that play dodgeball that understand how to look for the game. It's pretty crazy just when you think about like just how much this is, has developed and everything as a competitive dodgeball as a whole. So going back to um, some of the questions here that you kind of, or not questions, but um, what's on the agenda. So Joe, how did you prepare for Worlds? And uh, 2018, the one in LA, uh, that was your first one, right? Yeah, that was, that was my first... Um... A world um, dodgeball tournament that I that I actually refed. So I spent a little more time um, leading up to Worlds in 2018, really just going through the rule set. I think um, you know, in order to in order to be able to ref a game <laughs> successfully, I think I think the uh, all the refs need to really understand the rules and know the rules so that they can, you know, make the calls. Um, but more importantly, to just kind of read through the the rule book and look for uh you know maybe something doesn't make sense so you just need a little more clarification so i like to go through the rule book and how highlight and make notes um leading up and then i'll ask questions i like to watch video like for instance for this uh 2019 uh, world dodgeball championship i kind of went through 2018 um and watched a bunch of videos look for tendencies um look for how teams uh, typically like to play what's their what's their play style some of the strategies that they use so I do a lot of um, you watch a lot of video so that I can anticipate uh, call you know I can anticipate the action on the court um, you know when the when the game is actually being played so you really do put a lot of time into this I mean I know that's like an understatement but you, you definitely take this seriously to the point where you will legitimately prepare for worlds by watching film and studying. Yeah, I, I, th I think the hardest the hardest part about refing at Worlds is is the the time you put in leading up to to going to Worlds. And once you're at Worlds, I think it's just more protocol because you've already prepared yourself for um, you know what's to come, and so you know exactly what's on your plate and what to expect. Nice. Were you uh, were you nervous when you were taking? I mean, this was like 
USA Dodgeball's first official run. This was, you know, the Team USA being picked where we wanted it to be. Like, there's so many, so many expectations for this to go well. And obviously, so many pieces of the puzzle had to go correctly. And obviously, refing would be a huge one. Were you nervous at all for this when you, when you transitioned to a world ref, like, for lack of better words? You know, I don't know if I had time to be nervous. Um, I drove up to L.A. Um, the day of the, uh, I think it was a Tuesday, the first day of, uh, of Worlds in 2018. And I literally got in the trailer, changed from my work clothes into my ref clothes and walked into um, uh, this day, or the uh, event there and, and started refereeing right away. So I didn't really have a chance to, uh, to get nervous um, in 2018, which I think was a good thing. <clears throat> I'll say. I mean, God knows yeah. you can overthink everything you want and, and psych yourself out. So if you if you just realize at some point, hey, I'm actually in the middle of refing. This is this is happening. Um, and imagine again, just just going over your your resume, you're just real quick uh, on the refing side. I, I I couldn't imagine a lot that would frazzle you. Um, again, I think UGC. Maybe we can talk about this a little bit more down down the road in the episode. Would probably be like the toughest one because you know people are watching from all over the place, but. Um, before we get too off topic, yeah. oh, go ahead. And, and not only that, too, at UDC, there's a lot of uh, a lot of cameras. There's a lot of people filming, and people are just so close to the to the action at UDC. And there's so much money on the line that that one was I was probably a little bit more nervous about, um, seeing as it was uh, it had a slightly different rule set at UDC. Um, so leading up to that, I did the exact same prep work. I you know watched film and and uh, studied the uh, the rule book and asked questions. Um, kind of took a back seat the first day of, at UDC just to kind of get a feel of, um, you know, what other refs were doing. Uh, you know, I, I kind of followed uh, Jeremy's lead in 2018 at the UDC along with uh, some of the other head refs that, that came out from uh, California. Nice. So going to Jeremy, so your um, 2018, that was your world's debut as well, Jeremy? Yes. Yes. Same question. So how, how did you prepare for, for Worlds at that point? Uh, I mean, a, a, a lot of what Joe said, um, just a kind of a quick, like, uh, a quick glance at the at the rules and just making, just giving them a good read through. Um, this is the first time refing that, uh, like, those those styles of rules uh, on that stage. So that, that that's something that you have to, you had definitely put some effort into. Um I, I I had the the cur- the luxury of of ref of like being like a player ref in the league uh, on Sundays. Um, that uh, it has it, the only the only difference is that there's there's mixed teams. It's it's, th- it's three guys and three girls. Um, but uh, outside of that, uh, trying to ref whenever I can uh, on the days that I was playing uh, was a good just kind of build back into into that into into form. In 2018, was you know was a little different. Uh, but I was I was comfortable refing, so uh, f- more or less the the way I ref didn't change, just uh, the rules like changed slightly. So um, I think once once I had a good understanding of the rules, it was it was a pretty easy transition. Uh, I think this year was a little a little more uh, challenging, only because uh, we were able to pull in a lot of solid refs uh, from the local LA scene to ref in LA in 2018, um, and so we you know. Come, come! All the all the big games. I was I was always confident with the crew I was with, um, and, and not to say that I wasn't confident in the crew that we had in 2019. 
uh, but I, I, most of those refs I had never ref with, ref uh, with before. So um, it, it's always, it, there's always some kind of give and take with, with styles, you know, in particular I've found. Uh, so I would say this year, this year was definitely a little a mixed bag of, of uh, good and bad. It, it felt like to me at times. So um, yeah, it was, it was definitely, definitely different this year than it was last year. Gotcha. I wonder if, uh, I'll be able to get into that just a little bit later too. Um, so really, because you guys, again, going back to once UDC has been done, Worlds is just like, okay, it just makes sense. But in order to practice refing or in order to get better at refing, you obviously practice with your local scene. But for the most part, there wasn't any like, oh crap, I'm really nervous now because I'm on the world stage. You guys just kind of eased into it pretty, pretty quickly. I mean, I mean, it felt like that. Uh, I guess it's it's different. The way I approach refing is just um, is is more or less like I've I've been playing for ten years, so uh, I have an understanding of the kind of ref that I like to have, um, and that's and it doesn't take uh, it doesn't take a lot to like just please the players, um, just to like keep the flow of the game going, uh, like pay attention. <laughs> like if I look to you. Uh, for a call that I'm unsure about, like, are you going to have an answer for me? Because if, you know, you, whether or not I agree with it is one thing, but like, if you're, if you're not even, if you don't, if you just shrug in your shoulders, then it's like, well, you know, I don't want to ref that's like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it seems like, uh, yeah, it just, it seems like the styles can clash from time to time. Um, and that, that can make it, that can make it difficult, but I feel like as as long as you're trying your best, as long as you're you're, you're getting most of the calls right, um, you know, the, it's it's gonna it, so much of it relies on the players anyway. Uh, that you know, there's a, if we stopped the game with every contention, uh, then you oh, know man. the game would never end. Yeah, that's and I'm I'm sure you guys have been involved in games where that exact thing happens. Everything is questioned, and you got to like you know, have the deliberations or whatever, and then just like drags the game on and you're just like, I, okay, this has to stop. It, um, so your mentality basically is, okay, I, I just want to be the ref that I would expect to ref for me. So I'm going to be engaged, you know, I'm, I'm going to make sure that the other refs that I'm with are paying attention that I'm, you know, um, I won't say like authoritative, but you know, you're making clean call, uh, like not clean, but you're, you're just making very clear calls basically. Um, you know, you're blowing the whistle, just the typical stuff that I think we kind of take for granted as players. Yeah. Like being decisive, um, and being honest, like if you didn't, if, you know, if you didn't see it, you didn't see it. And, and I think that's okay to tell a player that, um, because there's so many moving parts, there's players moving everywhere. You're constantly getting screened. Uh, if you're not able, if you don't like have adequate room to move up and down the sidelines. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on uh, and you're going to miss things. And I, and I feel like for the most part, the players just understand that. Um, so they're not looking to you to make, uh, to spot every infraction necessarily. Um, they, I, I feel like the flow of the game uh, is, is far more important. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I like just, you know, I wondered, it's probably much easier to hear I didn't see it versus I think I heard you get hit. Cause that's probably the worst thing you can say, especially if you're going to call somebody out on what you thought happened. Um, that's just my opinion. But um, what about you, Joe? Which, oh, good. Yeah. No, leading to your point, you know, it's, 
I, I it bothers me a, a lot when when I hear refs in the ref huddles say, "Well, I think it hit him," or "Yeah, I'm not sure, but I think it got him here, but I couldn't see it, but it sounded like it." And I've seen refs actually make those calls, and I just I to me I I don't understand from a ref's mentality. You either saw it or you didn't see it, and you can't make a call if you didn't see it, if you're not 100% sure. And so, um, you know, that, I guess that's just my my two cents. When when uh, when I ref in, and I make calls or when I'm in a huddle and I, I'll talk to the, the other refs, I ask them point blank, what did you see? <clears throat> so. What, uh, so going back to, like, the mentality, like your approach, like, you know, Jeremy was saying how, you know, he, he puts – he kind of takes himself out of the picture for a second. He's like, I'm going to be the ref that I would expect if I was playing. Do you have a similar approach or anything different or anything that you wanted to add to the actual, like getting into the mindset of a ref? Yeah. I think me and Jeremy have a similar approach is I, the whole, the whole reason I, I got into refing in the first place um, was because of, um, you know, as a player um, when refs made calls or just the flow of the game, um, you know, usually either went against me or something dramatic happened and it happened so many different times. Uh, and a lot of times just because the refs don't care or they don't know the rules or um, they don't have that it factor when it comes to being a ref. And so that's how I got into refing. So my whole baseline, uh, as Jeremy said, was not to interrupt the game, but it's more or less to manage uh, the game and not to um, change the outcome um, of a game. So um, as a ref, I'm very clear. Uh, I like to be clear and uh, very concise um, and very to the point. I don't like to use extra words or any fluff. I just get right to the point. And, um, you know, I think it has a lot to do with experience, right? Because as a, as a young ref coming through the rec leagues and whatnot, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And you're going to run into situations when you look back on it and say, God, I wish I would have called that differently or I wish I would have taken care of that situation a different way um, and I think it's those situations leading up you know um, to wanting to become a ref at worlds all of those situations help you in the moment uh, when you're refing on the on the big stage I actually want to ask now um, do you have you I don't want to say do you have any regrets but do you still have those moments where it, I don't want to say like does it haunt you but I mean you can answer this however you want obviously but do, do you ever have like those moments you're like man i didn't feel right about that call or the outcome of that game or have you learned to shrug that off i mean it, it definitely occurs i mean i i can oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i just as an example you know we're at uh, udc the last udc they had um there was there was a particular play call and i think it was in the finals and you know after the match all the head reps, me and uh, Jeremy, and I think uh, Alex and um, who was the other? Who's the other ref, um, Jeremy? Uh, the Kale. Oh yeah, and Kale. And you know, after UDC was over and we were at the hotel, we're like, man, I got to go back through that video. I got to go back through the, the the live stream and see if we made the right call or not. And uh, I think almost every day after UDC, you could see all the all head all the head refs. Um, on their phones watching the uh, the live stream to see if they made the right call. So, man, that's... you definitely know when it's questionable, but um, you still have to make a call, whether it's no call at all or or you know a call that could 
be in favor or against a, a particular team. Yeah, I mean, you're you're only human, and um, I, I don't want to ask because I think we're going to talk about it a little bit later, like if you have a specific incident. But just you know, I, you're you're a human being. You're you're prone to mis- make mistakes, and I mean, I have those too. I'm like, man, I, you know, you walk away from a game, and you know, you just like. I really hope I did my best there. I really hope I called what I saw to the best of my ability and what the other refs saw too. And I kind of realize, you know, as I'm a little bit older now, it's like, I'm not the only person refing. It's not just 100% me out there. It's, it's a team of refs. And so it's kind of like you look at a loss, like sure. You may have dropped that last ball um, that you could have caught and brought in, you know, your, your killer and you could have won the game maybe, but you didn't and you're out, but it's also, okay. This all, five other people also kind of messed up to create that loss. So at least that's how I see it. What about you, Jeremy? Do you have any like refing regrets or anything to add to to that question, or just like how that's maybe changed over the course of time, or like how do, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, like I I, I am one who usually will note like the ones that I'm sh- unsure about, especially if they end up like impacting the game in 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 real, I guess in any way. But like uh, if there's ever footage, I always want to see if I'm if I'm making the right calls, and I think that's more or less. Um, like what I what I pride myself on is that is that I'm going to be right more than I'm wrong, uh, and I'm and, and I'm going to be right more a lot more than I'm wrong. So uh, when you whenever you we have that moment where you're unsure, uh, and and this is definitely something we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, that sometimes you're just you doubt yourself, and and you kind of have to go with what other people see if they feel more com- confidently about something. Right. Um, yeah, you, you're definitely. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm. I, I don't think I'm the only one, but I definitely, uh, especially after UDC last year, or not last year, but the the last year that they had it. Um, that was definitely spent a lot of time thinking about all the calls uh, that could have went a different way. Yeah, and I don't. I don't want to spend too much time. You know, like all collectively beating ourselves up over over past mistakes and, and blown calls. But um, I just kind of. I don't want to say refreshing. I don't know what the word is, but it is kind of neat hearing that from your guys' perspective because, again, it, it just happens, and I feel like even the best refs are going to just have a game or a series of, of sequences in the game where they just don't feel like 100% about it. And um, It's one thing to just you know shrug it off. Obviously, at the end of the day, no one, no one got killed, so we're fine. It's not the end of the world, but at the same time, it's like you care so much about the game that you really want to make sure that you do justice by it by – you know, being doing the best you can to officiate and, and, and facilitate the match. But um, do you uh, going to you, Joe? Is there any call that you just would will not make? So, for example, um, let's say I'm refing right, and you know I'm watching you. I can see maybe your front side, your back side's towards the other ref. If a ball were to hit you on the back, I I can't see that through you. Obviously, I can't see that through the actions that you're doing. So, unless the ref on the opposite side sees that. Um, there's, there's a good chance I'm just not even going to make that risk because again, going back to, I think it hit him or I think it hurt something. I try to do that less and less. Um, is, is there anything like that where you just will not make that call? Just, just kind of curious. Um, y- yes and no, I guess I, I, it all really depends on the situation. I, I think, I think a good ref always understands their environment and what's uh, at stake. Um, you know, the difference between a round robin game um, in a rec league uh, versus uh, the finals at uh, on the world stage, um, you, you kind of take uh, things into a different account uh, based on based on the situation. So I think, you know, technically the rules are the rules and, and they are what they are. 
Um, but at, at the end of the day, um, you know, when it's like for say when you're at when we were at Worlds, um, you know, I won't make a call unless I uh, see it or another ref um, sees the uh, uh, the play in order to make the call. Gotcha. But I won't make that call. What about you, Jeremy? Do you have any like not taboos, but just same, same similar question? Anything that you just pref- would rather not call if, if you can't help it? Uh, yeah, I mean. Oftentimes, uh, especially if you're in the center, um, a lot of plays up at the uh, when a player is up at the line, uh, any ball like like you know like goes past them on, on that on the opposite side, you you can't see it all. Um, mm-hmm. So you just have to you have to uh, defer to all the other reps. Um, but yeah, I I, I think I, I don't I'm not a, I I think it's okay for refs to to try and make calls even if they don't have a great view like. You know, if 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 I'm refing the game, if I'm one of the six refs that are refing the game, and I think a ball hits somebody, then I'm I'm gonna come to the huddle and I'll say that, um, even if I don't have a great angle. Um, and I, I think that's, I think that you know, smart refs and and, and more confident refs uh, will know that like, well, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt because I didn't have a great angle, but I think it hit him. Um, and and I think just that kind of give and take in the huddles is is, is really important. Um, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of time. I feel like, man, I I watched I watched the handful of these games from from Cancun, uh, and it kind of I cringed thinking how much time is like just stay, I'm watching the huddle and I'm like, what are we talking about for three <laughs> minutes right now? Um, oh my goodness, it was driving me crazy. I have I probably have a pretty good idea, but we'll we'll talk about it later. Um, I, I feel like in. in... Again, just to don't get me wrong. If if a, if a ball were to hit Joe in that hypothetical scene, and it bounces off, then I'm gonna definitely be like, "Hey, did it hit him?" Um, I'm not just gonna completely dismiss like, "Oh, it's not possible. I didn't see it. it never happened." Just had to clear clear that up uh, real quick. But um, yeah. for anybody that's like interested in refing uh, on a higher level, you know, wants wants to go past the rec league or at least wants to help out because uh, they're awesome people. What uh, what tips and tricks, Joe, would you provide? Um, for somebody that just wants to get better at it? Uh, I would watch other refs. Um, I would see how they behave, how they act. Um, You know, I would ask questions. I would start off as a line ref, you know, just so I can get in the huddle and listen to the head refs. Uh, You know, how do they orchestrate the huddle? Um, You know, what, what, uh, what important pieces are they looking for? Um, How are they directing um, the huddle? Uh, who who are they asking based on you know where the where the refs were standing, um, you know, I, I think that's uh, watch video. I you know like I mentioned earlier, I like to watch a lot of uh, a lot of film you know leading up to Worlds, um, so I can look at um, you know a team's uh, tendencies and um, you know play style so that I can anticipate um, plays that are occurring uh, during a match. I know where to look. I know where, you know, um, in a particular situation, this team is going to come up and they're most likely going to do uh, either one of these few things. So I need to keep my eyes out for that and, uh, uh, and vice versa. How does the team play defense? You know, are they more aggressive? Um, so it's, it's um, a little bit of everything um, in that nature. Man, so I, I went to the NDL referee clinic in 2005 and – I don't remember too much other than 
the clinic just consisted of, hey, look for this, look for that. These are the rules, and then we'll send you a yearbook in a year or whatever. But I did not hear anything like what you just said, like just breaking it down to like a simple science. Um, it's just it's just crazy to to know that this exists now. Like there is an actual process slash procedure to how to ref. Like it's just wild. Well, I, and I wouldn't call it a process like a a process or procedure. That's just something that I do as you know uh, as, as a ref and what I think you know uh, a good ref. Um, some of the uh, behaviors that they would, you know, have um, as, as a ref at a tournament, I guess. The, some of the expectations that I have for other refs, you know, one, to know the rules, um, you know, and to be familiar with them um, is definitely, um, is half the game. It's just knowing knowing the rules and when to call it. Yeah, for sure. Maybe, maybe framework or just just the, the, the fact that your thoughts are going there is, is what, I'm, what I'm getting at. And that's just, again, it's a testament to how far, uh, this is this has come and just how seriously people will take this. But um, what about you, Jeremy? Would you, what what tips and tricks would you provide or offer to someone that's um, thinking about refing for the first time or wants to up their game a little bit or up their refing game a little bit? I mean, uh, once once you have a, a basic understanding of of the rules uh, and and how they're they are enforced, I think uh, it's just ref 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 as much as possible. Ref whatever you can. Ref all the all the small pickup games uh ref whenever you're not playing like the only way to get better is just by by doing it like the difference between a good ref and a, and a bad ref isn't not knowing the rules uh because well mm -hmm. i mean sure <laughs> sure it is uh but i think uh, for the most part all the refs basically know the rules so it's more or less like how they're how you enforce them uh is is kind of what separates in my opinion like better refs from from great refs so um yeah, I think rev as much as possible. Um, like when you are refing, like don't feel like you you have to stand in one spot. Like I'm 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 typically moving wherever I'm at. I'm typically like leaning in, leaning out, moving uh, as 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 long as I can get a better view of a play. Um, and I I feel like that's uh, I don't see I don't see people do that enough in my opinion. Um, I feel like oftentimes they feel like they. Like this is where I was assigned, so this is how I need to stand, and this is what I'm looking at. But um, I think there, as long as you're watching what you're responsible for for watching, um, if you have an, an opportunity to see something else from a better angle, then you should move to that area, um, you know, within reason, obviously. But um, yeah, I I think uh, enthusiasm is great. Like refs who want to ref um, don't. There's not a lot of them, it seems, uh, at least at tournaments that I seem to be playing at. So. Um, yeah, if if any if, if people have interest, I know I've reached out to a handful of people um, who weren't able to uh, ref this time around, but uh, we're definitely considerate in the future. Like, um, you know, if we can build a crew that can just ref all these uh, important tournaments, um, and then players don't have to think about uh, what the ref would be like, that would ultimately, I guess, be um, be the perfect solution. Gotcha. Yeah. I think you know in what Jeremy had mentioned, you know, to get a group of people who are familiar with each other and who ref together. I think that really does help. I mean, there's a, there was a, there's a clear difference. Uh, and I think you can see it on film. At least I know personally, um, you know, in this, uh, most recent worlds, uh, sometimes it was just really difficult to ref with new refs. I'm not saying that they were, you know, um, bad refs, but I didn't understand their style or how, what they were looking at during the game. So, 
sometimes there were i would say blind uh a blind corner like you know as to well none of us saw anything because none of us were looking in that direction or whatnot so and i think the continuity we had at udc when you know all four head refs were refing literally at the same court um all day for three days you know we we understood exactly what everyone was looking for and 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 uh you know where everyone was supposed to be looking at as well so and i think that really helps uh you know the success of the the refs as a whole uh or as a group gotcha um really want to take a quick not a quick break but just just a sidebar real fast just because you got the stream up and um I feel like this is a pretty good opportunity to, to throw it out there. So Andrew Ketchum just says, uh, he said a lot of stuff that we're asking questions that we're going to put towards a community-based questions, but uh, he states, uh, you two bring a whole other level to the current ref situation. So I um, feel like that's pretty refreshing to hear that. Got some, Appreciate that, Ketch. Some support yeah. and a live real-time shout-out. So that's cool. Um, and Ketchum and catch will let you know if you're not uh, not up to par when it comes to uh, rapping or, or dodgeball as it is so that's a that's uh something positive so oh yeah no i i've i've seen both ends um <laughs> <laughs> definitely been recipient of of both kudos and condemnation but uh so let's go ahead and get into um maybe maybe a couple or just depending on how you guys want to do this but um what is uh starting with you joe do you have a favorite match or a favorite team that you like to to ref uh yeah i, I you know the last couple of years i I've enjoyed the um, Australia USA matches. I think both men's and women's um, they pair up well against each other, and there just always seems to be a lot of excitement and a lot of great plays. And I think uh, each team really kind of feeds off each other. You know, one one team gets momentum, and then uh, the you know, you know the other team will gear up and put their uh, foot in the sand and and uh, defend in battle. So uh, last couple of years, I think it's been been uh that matchup uh both men's and women's nice do you ever like do you ever get caught up just in the game and, and forget your refing has that ever happened i don't know if you want me to admit um, that publicly but i would i would probably i'd be lying if i said that i never have right um but um you know i i think uh over time you kind of when you're even as a head ref you know, you're, you're right in the middle of the game. There's really no time to, you know, I never really caught myself dozing off, but, uh, or more as a spectator, but more so in charge of managing, uh, the match. So that, and that's my responsibility. And I definitely take that, uh, very serious. So, you know, in between, uh, the whistles, um, I'm relaxed and you'll very jovial, but, uh, you know, during a match, it's very game face, uh, mentality. Because uh, the last thing I want to do as a ref is ruin ruin the experience of whether it's a team or a player or the audience, um, you know, and uh, affect the outcome of the game. So uh, very uh, on point when uh, when the matches are going. Nice. Yeah, it, it takes a it takes a lot of control not to find yourself rooting for that clutch play because you know by definition you're a dodgeball player. How could you not get excited when something really cool happens? So to be able to kind of turn that off or put that on pause, um, it's definitely something I got better at um, as, as I did this more. Um, do you have a least favorite match or or matchup or team to ref? Into um, the uh, controversial. I don't. Match. I don't know if I could if I could pick out a particular match, but what I would say I I think um, 
some of the more difficult or least matches that I like to ref uh, or where teams um, don't have a common language and there's a, a language oh. barrier because you're kind of pressured into keeping game flow uh, happening at the same time you want to provide uh, both teams, uh, either teams with uh, an explanation as to what you're doing um, and what the call is. Uh, and sometimes that's a little difficult when there's a language barrier. That is uh, definitely something I was not expecting. Um, I never thought about that. That's actually a really good point because obviously doing international level competition, you're going to have teams that don't speak English. And, um, you know, you, you want to make sure somebody understands why they're getting called out. And, you know, it's kind of hard to explain to somebody, hey, you're out because you stepped over the line or this happened when you were playing um, just in regular English uh, in real time. But trying to do that through a, a language barrier, I never even thought about that. That's... Yeah, and I think that I think you know adding on to that, I think it has a lot to do with, especially newer teams who may not know the rules very well. Uh, you know, there's there's always that struggle of trying to uh, explain the rule. How much do you explain it? You know, uh, without it uh, affecting the game, and and uh, how much of it is it just gamesmanship from from the other team? You know, you know, if you get hit, you're out. I mean, that's bottom line, right? We all know that rule, right. <laughs> and sometimes that always doesn't occur. Uh, even at the world stage. Makes sense. Um, what about you, Jeremy? What are, what are your favorite matches to, to ref or do you have a favorite match? Uh, I mean, I, I had the, I got the luxury of refing the, uh, the, the USA Australia women's semifinal. Oh, man. Um, that was, uh, that was a pretty, it's crazy because thinking about uh, that, your question to Joe about like, do you ever like kind of phase out? And I remember, there's, there's so much of that, that game that I just don't really remember because I, I was just too focused on what was happening in front of me. Um, uh, but like when I went and re-watched it, watched it, that game was incredible. Um, uh, from start to finish, like even the final game, I think the Paige's play, uh, you know, to, to clinch the win was, was the one everyone remembers. Uh, I mean, she made like a, a huge play earlier in the game where it was, it was three v one against her, and she threw it, threw it out, and then made a catch in the same sequence, and made turned it into two v one, and they would they closed that game out. Like it's there's there's so many games like that um, within that match that made that match so so kind of crazy in my mind. Um, and I think uh, in the final game there was an Australian player who got injured, and so they replaced her uh, with. Um, with another player and, 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 uh, she, I think her name is Gigi. Uh, she ended up, she made, she's the one that made that huge catch on Lauren to turn it into a two V one, uh, as opposed to one V two. Um, and she threw out a couple, she had like a couple outs earlier in the match, like, so like, or earlier in that game. So, um, just the fact that like the substitute came on, uh, and then also made that play. And then just all of those different plays combined made that match just kind of incredible. And I wish I could remember more of it, uh, while I was watching it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, to echo what Joe said, like especially with, uh, the, I feel like the the U.S. Australia matches are usually so competitive and good because the players are typically very honest. Um, you're not having to call a lot of players out, uh, which just makes makes it a lot easier for you to have to, like to continue following the action. Yeah, one of my favorites to, to ref is any team where they just have honest players and they they take their outs and sometimes like they beat me to blowing the whistle because they're already walking out. So I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't have to blow the whistle cause they, they know. And that, that makes it way easier. But 
man, I, I, I cannot honestly say I would not have lost my, my crap if I had watched the USA, um, Australia women's game in, in person as a ref. I, there, I don't think there's any way I could have contained myself. Like there would have had to been some reaction just cause that was such an epic thing to see. Um, yeah, it's, it, yeah. I mean, it's hard. So I'm refing with Dev who's, I, he's, uh, what is he? The, is he the president of, of Australian dodgeball? Um, or was that Rosie? I forget. Um, anyway, he's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from the U S he's from Australia. We're, so there's like two head refs, one for each country. So we're keeping everything honest. And, and it's, it's crazy. Cause like, as soon as the play, as soon as the play is over, I'm thinking, wow, that was crazy. And then instantly I'm like, I feel so bad for the game to end that way. Like, uh, for Australia. Um, and I remember like, I like, I looked at Dev afterwards and he was just like, kind of in disbelief and stunned. And it was like, it was such a, a great game to, to be a part of. Uh, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that it was off on that side court. Like, um, I don't think I couldn't find a lot of uh, video for that game. I ended up watching, I think the ADF speed, um, which was kind of like 480p. So it was a lot of blurriness, but the excitement's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Definitely. Yeah, um, you know, just a, <clears throat> I remember the uh, particular play where you asked if, uh, you know, you kind of ever um, get out of the refing mentality, more of a watching the game or reacting to a play. Um, I remember in round robin, it was uh, Australia USA men's when uh, Mike McGee uh, caught that ball in his feet uh, when he was <laughs> up in the air. Now, you ask someone to try and ref that, and, <clears throat> you know, I was right in the corner, so I, I was, you know, inches from from where his feet is and the whole time rather than cheering because, you know, not only is Mike McGee on Team USA, but he's also on Anarchy with me as well for USA Dodgeball and Elite. Um, I had to sit there and watch the, to make sure that the ball didn't fall out and I had to make the catch call. And it was probably the most emphasized catch call and out that I could make <laughs> because the adrenaline was running, you know, just running through your veins, but you kind of, kind of, kind of have to keep it, uh, controlled, but there was definitely a more aggressive out call and catch call. So that's uh, how you play like that. That's how you get it out. Then you call the out, but you use that excitement to filter through the, the out call or the, or the whistle yeah. blow. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's again, I would, I would probably, I'm sure I would reacted, um, stoic because i feel like i can be sometimes there's just no way um do you have any do you have any least favorite matches or teams to ref against jeremy or, or least favorite situations um man i guess uh my only like my only like i guess altercations you you could call them uh were, were with like assistant coaches of teams hmm. so uh so my i don't i don't think uh as long as the, as long as those countries aren't playing i'm fine um i mean in, in all honesty like malaysia's hard to ref just because they're they're moving or they're moving and they're so agile and they're so fast they're jumping everywhere they're blocking everything um they're they're constantly involved in really close calls i think any country that is always putting players in like 50 50 situations with really close calls um those are obviously hard to ref um, it's not, you know, from necessarily from like a, a rep, player reputation standpoint or country reputation standpoint. It's it's more or less um, the Italian women, for instance, are exactly like you mentioned, Steve, where they will they will go out before you even call them out. 
Um, so refing their games uh, is super easy because you you you're 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 not worried about them cheating at all. Um, it, it, it's 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 like those those little things I guess that change um, that kind of flip flip the flip the script a little bit. But um, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I, I had an assistant coach for one of the countries was giving me grief about something, uh, uh, and I think that was really the only the only situation I had. So, um, you know, the players at this level typically are, you know, 99% of the time are incredibly honest. So um, it is, it's almost easier to ref on this stage a little bit uh, in the sense that you expect these players to take outs, uh, take their outs. Um, and you know that if they don't, they've got, you know, a stream full of viewers watching uh, and, you know, tons of people in the stands. So, um, I think that alone keeps people honest, or mostly honest, you could say. Uh, so I'm glad. I'm glad that's the case. Yeah, that's a good point too, because they're they're also representing their nation. So you don't want to make them you, know, you don't want to make your country look bad. So yeah, you don't want to be a, the dodgeball pariah, you know. Yeah, especially on the world stage. So I guess that's definitely cause to to behave and not not uh, not cheat and get into altercations. Um, have you guys ever had the luxury of? refing a frat boy tournament because that is a blast can't and i say, say that with yeah, all the saltiness and sarcasm in the world um you want to talk about like stuff i do not ever want to do it's those but uh whole nother yeah, i've never i've never refed one of those but uh it doesn't sound fun they are a joy and it's one of those moments you're just like you know what i just want like all all the cannons that i know to just go ham and cheese on these people because they're just such d bags, but uh, anyway, um, maybe for another time. Um, kind of going to, I guess, like maybe more of a serious tone. So uh, I'm not sure who this applies to, but um, do refs make all the right calls? And then in quotations, it's the the blown call. Uh, Jeff Geo is the, the notation. So that you, Joe, or is that you, Jeremy? Who did who did that one? I. <laughs> Well, we so, we were both we both refed that that guy yeah. game. Okay. This this was this was a this was a, a duo a duo incident. Um, this was so this was game ten uh, of the uh, men's USA Malaysia grand final. Um, the score was six three US, and uh, it it got whittled down to a one v one with Jeff Giovinco and Shang from Malaysia. Um, and every time there's a one v one. Uh, I mean, yeah, every time there's a 1v1, uh, it's crazy how it's crazy to me how hard the game is still to call, even though there's only one ball. I mean, there's multiple balls, but there's only one play really happening at any one time. Uh, so typically every all the eyes should be on the same play. But for some reason, um, they're just still so very difficult to ref. Um, and I'm not trying to make light of the incident that I feel like we missed here, but um, essentially, uh, they simultaneously hit each other, mm -hmm. which of course is the worst case scenario you could have as a ref. Um, and, uh, Jeff Jigvinko's ball, uh, that hit him, uh, goes down and the ball that hit Shane goes and hits a cameraman. Um, so instantly both countries think they won. Um, we, we step, we, we come together. Uh, and as soon as we come together, I feel like there were, there were at least like three of the refs of the six refs. Uh, that 
said uh, it hit the ball, hit uh, the USA's ball, hit Malaysia. That ball reached off the cameraman that killed the ball before the ball that hit Jeff died. Uh, so we think uh, USA won. Um, and I was, I feel like I was the only one who who thought that I, I actually didn't see it that way. I, I saw I saw uh, Shang's ball hit Jeff and just go straight down. Um, and I think the issue was that Jeff's ball, the one that he threw, uh, he threw first and he hit Shang first. But Shang's ball hit Jeff and died first. That's how I saw it. Um, and so eventually it became like everyone was confident to make this call and I and I wasn't, and I told, uh, I told uh, uh, my other center ref, I told him that I, I wasn't going to make that call. Uh, so he's the one that made, ended up making the call, and, and we parted ways. Uh, uh, looking back, I think, uh, I think we missed it. Um, I think the ball that hit Jeff uh, died first as well. Um, and I think, given all of the, and sorry, Joe, feel free to jump in here, but I feel like given all the uh just how that game went um i felt like I, we didn't ref that game particularly well um i i counted like um like 10 plus minutes minutes of just deliberation um and uh in the middle of a game uh that that would if if that call had gone malaysia's way it would have been 6-4 uh with 10 minutes left that's you know it's a whole different game than 7-3 um so i feel like that impacted the game and, and it sucks and and I remember uh, Joe didn't go to the after party. Um, I think he was he was pretty done with Worlds at that point. Uh, <laughs> but I I the, obviously the first thing I did after that game was go and look at that call, look at that that situation. I think I, we missed it, and I I actually ran into a couple of Malaysian players at the after party and and told them that I I thought we uh, we had let him down uh, in that moment, and I felt like. Um, you know, I wasn't necessarily apologizing for the calls that went against them because having gone back and looked at the footage, it seemed like we were able to make most of the good calls. Uh, there's one that we missed that actually would have went, went, went against America, uh, the U.S. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just I told them that, like, I, I understand that a lot of calls seem to, like, go the Americans' way at the end. Uh, and I'm sorry that that's if it's how that's how it was perceived. Um, we're, you know, we're out here trying our best. Uh, and I but I do think in this particular instance, I thought we let them down. Uh, and I told them that, uh, and it, it, I don't know, like it, they seem understanding and, and it's like, you know, we're, we're only human. And I think, you know, obviously, uh, you, you put us in a position to make a call and, you know, we might get it wrong. So the whole, the whole idea is to not put, you know, had not have the rest make have to make a call like that. Um, so if only it just, you know, Shang had just hit Jeff more clearly, uh, first that we would just, we wouldn't have had to think about it. Yeah, that's uh. You mean obviously you can't do that. That's tough. Um... Yeah, you know, uh, in in leading up to that that call, the one the one v one call, there were probably about three times within a, uh, I would say a, a three minute period in the clock, where we had to stop play, whether it was for some type of. Uh, um, yeah, there's a lighting player. issue, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, no. It was it was like um, there were, we probably stopped the clock like three or four times within leading up to that uh, in a very short period of time where we were calling uh, there was some misconduct calls there was some uh, uh, player uh, sportsmanship calls that that uh, you know the refs uh, had to make and I you know um, I 
I wasn't uh, I wasn't a fan of all of that because I, I felt like it did disrupt uh, the game flow. And also, I, I think it, had, it played a little bit of part in rushing that uh, that one v one call, um, just because we had taken up so much time um, and stopped that game so many times. I, I think that um, you know I, I think we we could have made uh, some better calls uh, just by uh, changing some of the the positions uh, with the refs. But um, so I, I think it had a lot to do. There was a lot of uh, pieces at play that leading up to that one call so real quick um ketchum asks uh which plays would have gone differently in this scenario do you feel i don't know if that's is that something that you can kind of draw from memory uh jeremy because it kind of sounded like you and then correct me if i'm wrong but when you said that this one call might have altered the rest of the series um just kind of want to dig into that a little bit if if you're oh i mean um it, it it wasn't you know obviously nothing is guaranteed by any means um right. my I, I just think uh when the game the game is six three um i i think the the u.s had rattled off um a handful of wins at this point so you know they had all the momentum and i think uh if the you know if the call goes differently not saying that the outcome changes by any means um but i just i felt like the fact that i had a hand in impacting the game you know, even though I wasn't sure of how impactful it would be and in, and in what way it would be impacted, um, I think that's still just the part that bothered me. Um, but it, yeah, it's 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 tough. Like uh, <laughs> you're asking me, uh, uh, you asked me if uh, if I ever regret calls. It's like I I actually I remember going back to the hotel um, and just being like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Uh, like that, like to hear booze like there were people were booing when, when we were in our huddles Ouch. like that's kind of nutty uh i mean it's not when you think about sports in general but like just being just a, a normal person who's trying to help uh help the game move along and then like people are booing you're like oh why are they booing at me or are they booing at the fact that they think someone was out and they didn't go out like what are they booing at um but yeah like that happened i that was that didn't feel great you know um but it is what it, it's it, it was all in all it was uh i thought we did a great job uh i think we made we made more right calls i like so there are tons of calls that were confirmed um on my end at least like i think uh catch them the the catch you had that bounced off your chest uh in that final and then you dove out of bounds to catch it um uh i, I rewatched that a couple times i think it's pretty clear that you caught that um like big calls like that, there was a double, a double out on uh, on Malaysia that was slightly contested on their side. Um, you know, conf uh, after rewatching that, pretty confident that we got that right. Like, um, I think, uh, yeah, I think I just I think we get a lot a lot of calls right, and I think that's kind of the, the hopefully that's the point um, is that we're trying our best in that we're right more than we're wrong. I guess that's hopefully all you can really ask for. Um, this is such a unique sport to ref that uh, especially when you only have two center reps uh, on a game um, on a stage like WDBF, it makes it real tough to ref, uh, which was the case on, on, on the courts. All the courts that weren't being streamed uh, basically just had two, two refs up until uh, elimination day. So, you know, imagine refing a rec league. You think that, you know, you think that's hard and then do that uh, with a different ball and, and better players and, and like fans and people watching you and filming you like that's uh it's different it's different i guess definitely
Yeah, I mean, and I'm definitely saying this because I've been on both both sides. Like, at some point, like you you can't as much as you want the game to be refed as cleanly as possible. Like, you, you can't blame a loss entirely on the refs unless it's like a you know series tied one v one type thing. Because at the end of the day, like a lot of things happened to get to that point to begin with. But um, yeah, that, that's tough, man. Like, I th there's been times where I've like I've got four of the refs with me, and we still haven't can't quite come to a, a consensus on what happened You're like how, how did we miss this there's four of us watching there's eight pairs of eight eyes here on this thing and uh it just happens um it just so happens that this is you know the world championship and that's tough but i mean um still gonna say that usa won decisively because they had several other games after that and it i mean it is what it is and the fact that you can go back and see some of the other some of the other footage out there and kind of know it for the most part you're, you're pretty dead on i mean that, that's got to help uh kind of you know soothe the wound a little bit and it was kind of good of you to go to the other team and like hey you know kind of apologize to them and just be like you know i feel like we kind of might have blown that but um it happens i mean even, even nfl refs aren't getting stuff right um and they've got all the video replays you can ask for and that kind of in a weird way gives me comfort it's like okay like even the nfl can't can't perfect this and it's it's one one ball you're following, you know, dodgeball you're following, twelve people, uh, six balls. Uh, it's it's a tall order for anybody. But um, kind of did want to go into this other question that Joe had had typed up, and that was, uh, what would you like to see change in the future? And in parentheses is video replay. So going to you with that one, Joe. What, what is that? Where you would you like to see what happened next? Like the opportunity to reveal review footage and film, or what do you mean by that? Well, I think it's definitely on the wish list of, of, of many. I'm not really sure how practical it is um, in the dodgeball application as far as, um, you know, during a match, you know, um, do we really have the technology? And it, it'd be a huge step if we could. But, you know, um, everyone who has video replay, every professional sport who does, there's dozens of high definition cameras, you know, who have worked out all the different angles on a court or a field. Um, where they where video replay would be helpful um, but you know at the current dodgeball I don't think we have that the capability of doing that it would be nice but um, you know uh, maybe if it was just like a, uh, you get one video replay per, per match or maybe it's only in um, uh, the elimination rounds I'm not really sure how it would go but you know like I said if if there's a play that could impact the outcome of a game, I would uh, I would like to see that uh, video replay available if, if it would be possible because I would hate to make a call or have made a call uh, knowing later on that it it, it had a, uh, an adverse effect on on the uh, the match. Definitely, um, I I don't see why you wouldn't be able to, and I've I've actually got caught in this situation a few times where there's a call it's very controversial but someone got it on film and for me it's a no-brainer like oh if somebody got on film let me take an extra 30 seconds and watch this because i want to be able to walk out of this ref uh, session or this match knowing that i made the right call and um maybe you can kind of help me with this one like why like why aren't we allowed to do that or why isn't that um a thing yet i mean i think that would just need to that's just something that um every country would, would have to be offered. Uh, like there is an incident, uh, an incident at world let this past year, uh, where one of the country's photographers, uh, was like taking photos of the other team, like 
during action. And so would whenever they would spot a ball that like hit them or, or glanced down and didn't go out, they would bring it to the refs. Uh, and it's like, you know, at that point, uh, we could do that. Like we could do that with every play. Um, every every throw could be contested and play, and we could we could discuss it and go to the footage. So I think, I mean, had, just having a limit on the number of times you could do it, like once a match, I think would 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 do it. Uh, I mean, I agree with most of what Joe said. Like, I don't think practically you can implement it at this point of the sport. Um, I, don't, I mean, I mean, you sh if we could find a way to do it, like that's great. I think. Uh, what we're learning and replay with all the other sports is that even after going to a monitor and stopping game for 10 minutes uh, and having full grown adults look at a look screen that we can still get it wrong. Um, and so at the end of the day, how many times does that have to happen where we just go, is it worth it? Um, mm. So, I mean, you certainly see the benefit. I, I'm, I'm definitely more for getting the call right at the end of the day. Um, but I think if, if we if we do something like that, it would need to be uh, like one camera angle. If it's conclusive, we call it. If it's inconclusive, uh, whatever our original call stays the same or something to that effect. Um, deliberations are already too long, as I've as I know mentioned earlier. Um, and I know that frustrates players to no end, especially uh, if they're frequent. So uh, in this case, I think um, if you offered each team like one opportunity to, con to contest a call. Uh, we take 20 seconds to, to look at it. If we can't come to decision, then the call, whatever we called originally stays or something to that effect. Gotcha. So it's not so much like, uh, I don't want to be proven wrong because I made this call and now the video is going to make me look stupid. It's, uh, it's, it's just gotta be fair across the board, whatever it is, if it's once or twice, but every team needs to have this afforded to them because yeah, it, it just kind of goes to just being fair that that's why. Yeah. We're and not. I mean, from a ref standpoint like you have to have humility too like you have to be able to admit when you're wrong um and if you if you make a call and you see both teams contest <laughs> uh that that with the call you're making is 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 wrong then maybe you're making the wrong call so i think uh being able to be like nope okay yep my bad that I, that's not that's not the call this is how it goes i think that's that's totally fine and i think i'm hoping that refs understand that um if they maybe think that if they go to make a call that, 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 that isn't, isn't the right one and they're unsure about if, if you have enough people telling you that you're making the wrong call, it's certainly possible you are. So don't be afraid to be, to be wrong and, and just get the call right, essentially. Right. Yeah. I kind of, cause like, I mean, looking back again, my mentality is like, Hey, there, there's an opportunity to look at the film real quick. Let's just check it out. Okay, fine. It's done. But I'm not looking at like the, the long-term repercussions, like, another team could very easily be like, well, you know, that guy did a video review. So why can't we have that? So just kind of looking at it from like a, a bigger picture standpoint, kind of, I know that's like a personal question. I probably should have saved that for my own like crowdsource based questions, but um, that definitely kind of turned my thought process around on it. So um, but let's go ahead and get into some of the crowdsource questions. Um, and we, we kind of talked about like, you know, the, like the least favorite teams to ref, but this is just, you know, um, in your entire refing career, and we'll start with you, Joe. So Markel Stokes asks, um, what was the hardest game to ref? Like, is there one game where you're just like, my God, that was impossible, or that was really hard that comes to mind? Let me see. Uh, hardest match or game to ref in particular, uh, I, I, I think uh, 
probably at the um, at elite. I think um, some of the Rise Doom games were were probably the most challenging, and I, I think more so for the fact that um, that experience, you know, the amount of experience I had when I was refing those matches, but more so I think uh, uh, had to do a little more with more of a, my past. So I, I played on, I used to play on Rise, and I was uh, I have some good friends on Doom, and I'm trying to make a you know a call that uh, wasn't biased or make the right call. And I think, uh, you know, just their, uh, the matchup between those two, the rivalry was so great that, uh, sometimes it did make it, uh, very difficult to just, uh, ref the match. Cause you're not only refing, uh, to, for the integrity of dodgeball, but more so to, uh, keep the players under control or the match under control, um, uh, uh on both sides. So I think th that was probably, uh, the most difficult matches to uh, to ref. I'll say that's um, I've obviously refed a few of those, and they're definitely very high high energy, high intense. But I'm not refing former teammates. I'm just watching two really stellar teams on the West Coast. So um, that's fair. Uh, what about you, Jeremy? What was the hardest games uh, for you to ref so far? That comes if to mind? I almost feel like WeHo might be might be hard really just because the space is so tight um sure. and the players were so passionate that when when you make an unfavorable call uh you you definitely hear about it uh and so uh yeah i, I almost want to say that um outside of that anytime you have like an outspoken captain uh on a, on a team you know you might be in for uh in a good time uh, <laughs> you know they'll they'll uh, take advantage of the fact that they can speak to you so um yeah i, I would say uh <laughs> if not we uh yeah teams uh teams, teams without spoke captains none come to mind so don't ask fair enough um i played just a few like open gym sessions at at, at we i'm just like it that is crazy venue like i that's just nuts there's so much going on there um, Billy Schmidt asked you, Joe, how many teams threw balls at you intentionally? Do you have a count? <laughs> you know, I'm not really sure. Is he, um, there is were a couple of close calls, you know, um, I spent some time, oops, yeah, um, you know, as a line ref and sometimes I'm, I'm so concentrated on watching the back line or someone's feet who, uh, I mean, especially like, uh, uh, catch who just hugs that back line. He was literally on his tippy toes. Uh, for most of the match against um, Malaysia. Um, and if he had just put his feet down, even just a little bit, uh, he would have been touching the line. So a lot of times I was focused on the back line or, or the sideline or a particular player and then just get blasted in the chest. Or uh, I think I hit in the face once um, as, a, uh, as a back line ref. I, I almost got hit once as a, a center line ref. I'm not really sure what happened there. Um, but, uh, I did feel the ball whiz by, by my face. Um, but, uh, other than that, you know, I mean, they're, they're foam balls. So if you can take a rubber ball pretty good, then foam balls, uh, really are not, uh, uh, a huge impact or distraction when you get hit by one. But you don't think someone's intentionally try to, you know, take you out like Billy, for example, might maybe suggest that he's done this already in the past. You know, no, no, you know, to be, uh, to be honest and fair with, with Billy, he was, it's a leading question. We had talked about it privately in a, in a group chat, but 
no, Billy, Billy wouldn't do something like that on the court. Um, you know, as, as toughy as he is vocally, um, you know, I don't think he's a, a sport, a bad sports like um, to throw a ball at a player or a ref just because he felt like they didn't make the right call. He might yell at him, but I don't think he'd throw a ball at him. So, yeah, I meant more like in a playful sense, just because you guys have known each other for so long and are teammates. I don't, I don't think Billy yeah, actually. I mean, he definitely used to like to pick on me on Sunday nights uh, out in the cold uh, tennis courts uh, during the winter time. That's about where I was going. Yeah. 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 I will say, and I don't want to encourage it, but the bravado it takes to intentionally throw a ball at a referee in the middle of a game, uh, in the, in the center of, in the center of, of the court is, uh, mind blowing. And I'm, I, I, res- I respect anyone who has that much gall to, uh, to pull off a move like that. So I, I do feel sorry for you, Joe, but I find it supremely hilarious. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, um, you know, it, it took a lot for me not to uh, react to it and to continue. Uh, you did great. It, but... You did great. I, yeah, that was great. Um, I, yeah, I'm just kind of laughing right now because I can't remember if I've ever done this like playfully. But yeah, just you'd have to have some audacity to, to do that on purpose because you're, you're just pretty much going down a path you're never going to recover it's, from. If, yeah, if I mean, it's definitely that. not a good look, not yeah. only for yourself, but your team and and, uh, you know, if it's at Worlds, then, you know, your your country, you know, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm also laughing because uh, Andrew says, I had an 8.5 slip and slammed Joe in the back. I felt very bad. And I don't want to laugh at your pain, Joe, if it did hurt. I just picture like this dramatic, like whiplash kind of sensation. Oh, yeah. But... So, yeah, Ketchum was only about five feet away. And <laughs> I was, uh, I think it was uh, them versus uh, Doom or, or, or Rise. And he come up to the front line and... Uh, you know, I like to move uh, up and down the the side court all the way to the uh, neutral end of the neutral zone there, so I can get a good look at all the players. And my back was turned to him, and he just unleashed something uh, from five feet away, and I couldn't have been in, in more excruciating pain. Uh, uh, he apologized, but it, it hurt. I mean, there there nothing nothing hurts more than when you can't brace for for impact. Yeah, I was gonna say it hurts enough when you're ready for it. When you're not, uh, that's that probably yeah. Let's just say it stung a little bit. He doesn't. He doesn't throw quite as hard as uh, as I do, so it didn't hurt that much. Well, I mean, there's a reason why you're called Hotchkiss, right? If you want to go there briefly. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's. Yeah, you know, we've we've had some we've we've had our um, our, our throwing challenges uh, off the court, and uh, I've thrown faster than him, so we've got a we have a long-standing history. He knows he knows I throw harder than him, so. Yeah, you got to give him something to to work up towards. So that's that's totally <laughs> totally sensible. <laughs> um, Billy, oh no, uh, Vince Marchbanks asks, uh, when will slow motion video review be implemented? Pros and cons to using it, and rules you foresee for when it is implemented. So we kind of talked about that a little bit, where you know it would have to be even across the board, and you maybe might be getting, you know, one or two um, per per match. But um, is there anything more to I mean, add here's on that? The- yeah, here's the thing. And, and when I look at it in hindsight, right, you know how many times I've had players come up to me after a big game and, of course, they've lashed out on the court and uh, called me all sorts of names and they're like, you know, you missed that call, you missed that call. And then later on you look at the video and you didn't miss anything. You know, they just – they were in the moment, caught up in the moment, and, you know, they felt like they were, uh, you know, either safe or, you know, whatever, or the other person was out and we called them safe. Um 
but I really think it has to do more with like a gut feeling. Like, do you feel like you can't make the right call or does it impact it? Is it, is it worthy of a, a video replay? I guess that would be a starting point as to, you know, um, when you could use video replay, but I think we'd have to use it sparingly because I think uh, every team in the moment is going to think uh, the call should be reversed. You know, even in the NFL, a lot of those, a lot of those calls don't get reversed, you know, but you see the players, um, you know, telling the coaches adamantly that they made the catch or they had two feet inbounds. Um, and then you look at video replay and it's not true. So it would impact the game. You know, it would slow down the momentum of the game. But I really think it has a lot to do with that it factor. You know, will the outcome of our call affect, uh, you know, the match? Is it something that we need to use video replay for? I think that would be a good starting point as to, um, you know, the discussions of using uh, replay. Dan, I think that's that would obviously be like the captain's discretion. Like, okay, do I really want to, you know, blow my one chance on this one call where it's really not going to impact anything. But if you're looking at like a one V one situation, then yeah, as a captain, definitely worth the risk. Uh, Cause I feel this way. So I feel some of it would be kind of like the, you know, the, the challenge rule where you can do it, but it's going to cost you a timeout worth in dodgeball. Maybe it costs you, you know, you start the roster with five people instead of six the next game. So maybe we might see something like that. If that, that's where Vince was kind of hinting, not hinting towards, but asking like what, like how would we see this uh, implemented? And I feel like what we talked about earlier with, with Jeremy kind of maybe covered this one. Um, I think that's yeah. I, yeah. I almost don't think um, you could use it for outs. Uh, like I, I think that would be too disruptive. Um, I mean, I, if someone can think of a good way to do that, then, that's then I just have I haven't like read or heard of heard of like an applicable way to to do this. Um, so I think if you wanted to use it, you could use it for situations like having uh, the wrong player come in on a catch um, kind of instances. Uh, mm. Maybe line calls you could use it on. Um, but I think uh, you know I think kills is, is opens up you know a whole can of worms. Uh, uh, and a lot of it is just comes down to like feasibility. Like we don't have that many cameras uh, that we have quick, you know, quick access to um, uh, uh, consistently for for all the matches. So um, it, it's it's tough to do. Uh, I would if if it. I would love to get the call right at the end of the day. If that takes replay, then sure. If it takes better refs, then sure. Um, I guess would be my stance. Gotcha. Um, let's see. Back to Billy. So he asks, uh, which rule set is easier to ref between Elite and WDBF? Um, and which rule set makes the gameplay more competitive or fun to watch? So two-part question. Um, which one of you wants to take that one? Actually, since it's kind of like a similar... We'll start with you, Joe. So which rule set is easier to ref, Elite or WDBF? Start there. Um, I think... Uh... It, it's hard to say because I like bits and pieces of, of both. Mm -hmm. And I think the combination of both would be a great uh, rule set. Um, but as far as fun to watch and more competitive, I think there's a lot more um, strategy involved uh, at the world stage. Uh, there's a lot more on the line, but um, the sheer fact that the elite court is so much smaller and there's a neutral zone, uh, there's a higher or greater chance of high impact plays, which makes it more fun to, to watch. Uh, and, you know, in hindsight could be 
uh, uh, perceived as more competitive. Um, so it's two different, really, two different styles of, uh, of play between elite and, and WDBF. And I'm not really a fan of either rule set completely. I think there's some rules that need to be changed or removed or from, uh, from both. Gotcha. Um, what about you, Jeremy? So I'll just reiterate the question. So the first one is which rule set do you feel is easier to ref between elite or WDBF? Uh, I mean, I think probably WDBF is easier to ref. Um, I would say it's more competitive and fun to watch, uh, to be honest. Um, I think there's definitely changes that I would like to make to the, the rules uh, that we have for WDBF. Um, there, and I think we'll probably touch on those later in a, in a different question. But um, yeah, I think... Uh, the only real contention has always been uh, what Elite call it, refers to as burden and what WDBF, is, I think, refers to as advantage. Um, but, um, yeah, I think the single ball reset, like if, if WDBF removed the timers of games, I think would be great um, and did maybe like a best set, of, like a best of seven, or I guess it would probably have to be higher than like a best of 11 or something like that. Um, uh, I think outside of that, I kind of like, um, I kind of like the one ball reset. I do think it's a lot easier to ref than uh, the the elite burden where, you know, you're just throwing majority. Um, but that's that's just from like a practicality standpoint. Um, I, I think I just typically prefer, um, I, I, I don't know, I guess I've been a little removed from the elite scene for a bit. So uh, I haven't, the, the, the new, the new, new uh, no sting and phone divisions, I don't think I, um, have had the privilege of refing too much. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I just have to choose WDBF for both. Gotcha. Fair enough. Um, let's see. Frankie Gianetto asks, uh, also discuss the specific rules within each set, please, that you think are good for the game or better to ref. Um, you guys want to take a deeper dive on that one? Um, we can talk about like maybe some rules that we would want to change specifically. I mean, to help the, to help the game as a whole, I'm not sure if that's what he's asking. Yeah, I think so. So, um, I mean, one of the, one of the rules that really stuck out to me that I didn't think is, is fair. And, and it all depends on the venue that you're at, but, uh, it worlds in 2000 or this last worlds in Cancun. Uh, at the venue, you know, they had we had the high walls as far as the uh, uh, the outer perimeter of the courts, which allowed you know shaggers to run around and the refs to be uh, inside. However, some balls went over the top of the outer perimeter uh, fence or netting, and sometimes even up into the stands. And you know, uh, the rules, uh, WDBF rules, stated and were we're told that we had to enforce was, uh, you know, as soon as the ball crosses the center line, you got to start the uh, burden count, regardless of even if the ball goes outside the court. And I wasn't a big fan of that. I think that, um, you know, based on the venue that you're at, I think that that rule should be, uh, I guess, um, massaged or should be a little more fluid. Um, and I tended to call it as if uh, I waited until the ball came back on within the perimeter of the court before, um, I really enforced the uh, the burden. Um, 
the burden. So that's definitely one rule that I thought uh, was ridiculous and, and should be removed, mm. or at least based on the venue, we should be more fluid. Gotcha. What about you, Jeremy? Um, and, and I think re- reading the, the question through uh, parentheses like, would make it better to ref. So why don't you go, go from that angle? Um, well, yeah, I guess uh, better to ref. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I do like the WDBF. Um, every throw resets resets the advantage count. So um, in that aspect, you're never really worried about um, if a team that has three balls and the, and, the, and the count's coming down and then the team with two makes a throw and then uh, there's there's like, well, well, then they have to like panic throw one ball. Um, uh, like, does that affect anything? It's like here, it's like, well, they, they threw um, the count resets. So uh, I would say that makes it a lot a lot easier to ref, at least in WDBF. Gotcha. Uh, one of the questions I was most looking forward to, Brett Cobble asks, which one of you is the better ref? And Justin Payan says, yes, this question. So I want 100% honest answer only. Starting with you, Joe. Oh, I, I go first on this one? Yep. No, I, I think... I mean, I think we're both great refs. I mean, I, I don't think we'd be in this position if if uh, we weren't uh, good refs, or at least, you know, from what people perceive us to be um, as good refs. Um, you know, Jeremy definitely has been doing it, I think, longer or has more occurrences behind it, uh, refing. But, um, you know, he seems to keep his cool a little bit better under uh, certain situations in a match where I, sometimes I can't let it go. You know, I think there were a couple times in Cancun where we were back at the hotel and, uh, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't let go of certain situations and, you know, uh, and he was, uh, he's normally very calm and, and collective, uh, you know, during the match. So fair I'll enough. give it to him. Okay. That was fair. I was expecting more, more hesitation there, but all right. What about you, Jeremy? What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I guess it's I guess it's me then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you insist, it's me. I am the better half. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I think like the one thing I really appreciate about Joe is that he's always uh, he's always eager to uh, ref the big matches, and I think um, uh, I I trust him to ref any any championship match that uh, that I get to play in or watch, and and he's he's done a bunch. So um, there's no question that I have all, all the confidence in the world that. Uh, he would at least be able to to manage the game um, to, to some extent. So, uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll just I'll, I'll call it a wash. I'll see Joe. Fair enough. No egos only, there. So that's good. Only yeah, only as long as Joe agrees to never use this against me ever, which I know will never be the case. That's fair. Um, no, not at all. I was gonna say it's it's recorded forever. So. Yeah, we'll we'll record separate stump bite after this, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> once Joe hops out, um, yeah, you just blast him. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, yeah, just listening to like when we're starting to talk about like the mindset and mentality of refing, and to kind of echo what Ketchum said earlier, like you guys really just to bring officiating out to a whole new level. And um, I mean, there's something to be said about somebody like Joe who will bust out with a referee shirt and just take this so seriously. And I'm bringing that up just because of the agenda and the format. And the, the reason why I posted this on Instagram was just like, I, I need people to understand what Joe brings to the table all the time. Like you, you just, you don't 
you don't play games, man. Like when, when you're into something, you're into it and you set the expectation. This is how it's going to be. It's very professional. So kudos to you on that one. Um, but that's thank all you. I mean, I, I try question. to be, I try to always set a good example for, for the, um, for the next generation. But, you know, I, I think, uh, I think um, the passion for ref thing really comes more from um, how much I appreciate the game uh, and what it's done for me. So, I mean, and it goes back to like what you're saying, you know, right now you're setting the expectation, hey, catch him. I know you throw hard, but this is what real heat looks like. Um, you're just going to keep building that, that, that up and you got to appreciate that. But, um, I think, so Markel Stokes asked, uh, what was the most enjoyable game to ref? Um, did we kind of cover that already? I think we kind of did with like your most preferred matches um i mean i yeah i like to i like to ref uh the italian women because they they just go out when they get hit there's no thought about yeah. it yeah yeah keeps it simple yeah the most enjoyable games to ref are the games where you don't have to uh interact or or interfere with with the game you're literally just blow the whistle for the start and the end of the game and and flip the uh the score box to uh and that's pretty much it no it happened a lot of times i mean i i think uh between me and Jeremy, so there were 38 rounds total at uh, this last uh, Worlds, and each of us refed 30 out of the 38 rounds. So, and there were eight mm. rounds a day, um, and there were eight rounds a day. Me and Jeremy would ref seven out of the eight each day. So you're looking at probably close to, I think we probably put in about 10 hours worth of uh, on the court refing each each one of the days. Dang. So. Thought I, I thought I'd bring that up uh, as well. Yeah, it's it yeah. I feel like what people don't. <laughs> the hard part about being a ref is is being able is saving your voice for one, uh, because my voice is always gone after the first day, uh, and, and just the fact that you get you have you get to if you're not refing a game then you're missing it. So, and uh, unfortunately this year I didn't get to ref many of the U.S. Uh, I think I refed one U.S. men's game and one U.S. women's game going into Elims. Uh, and so I didn't get a chance to like watch uh, the Americans play at all, really. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. Um, uh, and I think that's kind of the, the one part that gets lost is that uh, it's it's a lot of work. And then <laughs> at the end of the day, you're just tired. Uh, and even though Cancun was uh, was beautiful, it was it was tough to muster up a lot of energy to like go out at the end of the night. Um, <laughs> I, I yeah, we imagine. had we had some great uh, talks <laughs> talk <laughs> sessions about refing. Uh, uh, yeah after after long days well i don't want to i don't want to gloss over katie sanchez's question i think we definitely talked about it a little bit but just kind of a, a last uh not a last call but uh just to catch it just in case going with you joe um and feel free to reiterate if you want to but if you can change a current rule or, or implement a rule any format what and why and that's assuming if you if you don't feel like you already covered that already no no i think uh, I, I actually saved uh this particular question i didn't want to not perfect. Give out uh, yeah. So, uh, I think overall in, in any uh, format, I think the player conduct rules just need to change completely. I think um, you know even at Worlds it was very cumbersome and I think it stopped uh, it stopped a lot of play for unnecessary calls. Um, and then at the same time you have you know locally here in the United States you got elite where. Uh, you know, players are blowing up at the refs and, you know, yelling at the refs to the point where they don't want to ref anymore. 
um, and we don't give out yellow cards or red cards or, you know, uh, so I just think that uh, the one thing that does need to change is the player conduct and how it's approached from a game management perspective. Jeremy, you're laughing. So sorry, I I just I'm think I'm thinking of the guy throwing the ball at you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see where Joe's coming from on this one. Uh, no, yeah, I think so. One 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 change they did this year was they uh, would not let teams uh, high five uh, at halftime or on the switchover. Um, uh, they there was an incident in uh, an incident in LA. Uh, you know, in 2018 where I guess there was like some playful like playful shoving playful jabbing and that uh one like someone to just took too seriously or, or whatever the case was and there was like some a somewhat physical issue huh. uh and uh so they decided to implement this year that uh teams would not be high-fiving exchanging high fives uh they I think it was it was forbidden uh, like you could get penalized for it, but um I feel like uh there was a, enough um, kind of outcry towards the fact that a lot of these players truly enjoy playing against each other um, and very often it's not malicious so I think they I think it's I can understand uh, maybe not mandating uh, players giving and receiving high fives at halftime but I feel like if if players uh, want to go say hi to another team member I don't see the issue with that as much um, I understand that opens up <laughs> some more gray area but um, yeah, I felt like uh, it was a pretty unpopular choice, uh, at least from from what I heard from the players and coaches. Um, yeah, from a ref standpoint, obviously, it's I guess it's nice because you don't have to worry about situations like that arising. But um, yeah, I guess uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, it was it was a, it was a trial, um, uh, just to see how things went. And obviously, there weren't going to be any, any instances. So. Um, if they if they keep it, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I'll probably bring it up again, though, um, uh, if I have the opportunity to to uh, with the rules. But um, yeah, I think w we we need to stop calling it no blocking uh, because in at least if you can block, uh, which you can in WDBF uh, in the session that everyone refers to as no blocking, you actually are allowed to block uh, yeah. as long as that ball is caught. Um, so. Uh, because the ball is simply just an extension of your body at that point. So, um, given that, uh, we should we should all do our best to coin another term for it. I think like sudden death is is a different circumstance, so it doesn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily be that. But um, if it's going to be called no blocking, then I think you can't block. I think blocking uh, kills you uh, upon impact. Um, if if you're if you want to allow players to block. Uh, and ha well, if you want to allow players the opportunity to catch a blocked ball, uh, then uh, don't call it. Then call it something else. Um, I'm mean, I'm personally fine either way. I think I used to be a lot more hardcore about well, it's no blocking, so you can't block. Um, and I think in most other uh, leagues and, and formats uh, that is the case. But in this in WDBF, you are still allowed to block. Just that ball can that ball is just still alive. So um, uh, yeah, if we can call it uh, something else. That'd be great. That's interesting because I, I never, I never thought like words had meaning. Dub, but like, okay, if I try to block something, I might just give up on myself immediately. Like, ah, oh, crap, I'm done. Little did I know that that ball popped up and I could have caught and saved myself. So that might actually change some of the strategy a little bit um, instead of just automatically assuming because it's such an instinctual thing to block, and then you realize, oh crap, I shouldn't have done that. I'm I'm done, and you just like give up immediately. So 
Yeah, it almost seems like a, like it's a nice compromise for the players who who feel like no blocking uh, impacts the you know impacts the game too differently than than the way it's normally played. I think the nice common ground there is that okay, you can block, but if you do, uh, you have to, you know, that ball be- then just becomes an extension of your body. So if that ball's not caught, then you're still out. Right. Interesting. Um, we got Nicholas Factorin asking. Um, we can start with Joe. What would you rather head ref? Elite Finals, WDBF Finals, UDC Finals, or Splash Ball? So I don't. It'd be Splash Ball. Okay, why and what is so? What is this? It, funny thing is, so Splash Ball is a game that uh, that we made up completely. Uh, oh, I think okay. it was was it UDC, uh, Jeremy? Wow, I just realized what we're all talking about right now. I I, I was like, what is Splash Ball? All right, yeah, yeah, clue me in here. Yeah. So at UDC in 2018, um, after the uh, end of the tournament, we all went back to our hotel and we went to the pool. And we're just playing around at the pool, and we had a, we had a couple of no sting balls that uh, that Jake had brought down that we had from the tournament, and uh, we started throwing them around, and we found out that they uh, they skip pretty well across the top of the uh, the water. So, over a period of three or four hours at the pool, there was probably about 20, 25 of us. We had a full ref committee um, sitting outside the pool, and it was we were basically trying to skip a ball um, from the pool um, into like a a goal like a soccer goal but you had people on each side of the goal who could splash the ball to to change the direction so we called it splash ball we had yellow cards and red cards and um it was probably one of the one of the uh the funnest times i've had like at a tournament after party or just you know uh going through it but we we made up rules and uh you know it, it was a uh, it was Swing a lot of fun fair enough I was laughing. I was picturing like skipping a ball and just trying to blast each other with it. So my version of splash ball is a little bit different, but again, the fact that you had a rules committee, yellow cards and all this other stuff does, does not surprise me. But, uh, yeah, we actually, we had yellow and red cards down at the pool to, to make those calls. Of course, naturally. <laughs> well, we were, we were surrounded sense. by glass. So there was also an element like glass windows, giant glass windows from, from floor to ceiling. So uh, there was also just an element of danger. <laughs> if, if someone just threw it, you know, a little too hard or, or whatever, or what have you, like there could be a serious incident. Uh, but man, that was a lot of fun. That was, that was yeah. definitely the highlight of UDC that year. I would, I would say. So would that be yep. your answer to then uh, Jeremy splash balls, what you'd rather head ref. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Nice. It, Although, the fact there, that... there was a lot of, a lot of back talk. Uh, there was a lot of, <laughs> A lot of verbal, uh, verbal bravado <laughs> from, from the participants. So I actually don't know. Uh, maybe I'll go with uh, UDC finals instead. I don't know. Yeah, I actually got to. I was a participant. I didn't have to ref that one, so I was definitely giving it to the refs every chance I could get. <laughs> it was like a, unleashing a, a weekend's full of of uh, punishment from uh, from the players yelling at me while I was refing. I I let it loose on uh, on our refs down at Splash Ball. All in good fun, of course. Of course, yes. Just, you know, cathartic release of the abuse. <laughs> um, let's see. There are some questions that Ketchum had thrown up uh, at the onset of the stream. Um, it's hilarious because, I, again, I really think this is a 
cool little way to, to just engage more people that are, are participating. So off the bat, Ketchum says reporting for duty, which is hilarious. Um, but he asks you, Joe, why are you so big and so sexy? I think it just comes with the territory, to be honest. I mean, yeah. That's not it was, helpful. It was, a, it, was, it was a nickname given to me at a tournament, and I have not, uh, I have not let it go, of course. It's uh, the, the big sexy one. It was uh, one of the nicknames given to me at Sin City one year. I um, I mean we can, we can go back and and talk about your your nicknames, but I would also like to <laughs> shamelessly plug the OG panel because if you do want to get to know Joe a little bit more, um, OG panel is just full of gold, um, and we'll leave it at that for now. For now, I, I did mention Hotchkiss though, and. That is a, a cannon that was used to just destroy people back in the day. So again, just pointing towards, you know, not only are you big and sexy, but you also have a killer cannon. And um, I think, sorry, I guess, I'm pretty sure this is Deeks. Uh, Sunny Gecko 66 said, hopefully you didn't underinflate the ball so it would have been fully inflated when you hit him. I think he was talking about catch him inflating the ball or underinflating. I don't, I don't think like it a, really mattered because it, it was an 8.5 from, from less than five feet away. But you still so, take it like a champ. I mean, that's just par for the course. Yeah. Um, let's see what else came up here. I think been the only question that uh... someone, oh, uh, someone introduced, uh, I guess, introduced you, Joe, to me uh, as I think big sexy. And I think I asked someone else referring to you with that name and, and I, I remember the first response was just don't ever let him know that you call him that refer to him that, that way outside of direct earshot. Oh yeah. That that's probably pine or, or anyone on my, on my team echo. I'm trying to turn back my brain to the first time I saw big sexy. I think it was on your Jersey. Yeah. It was on my Jersey for sin city for, cause we were a bang bang. Oh Jesus. I got to end that. <laughs> Dang it. That was the name of our team, and and uh, someone called me Big Sexy. I, so, our very first year that we were there, very first year of Sin City, uh, when we went uh, second year, uh, we brought Bang Bang, and um, I used to do the rock paper scissors every time during uh, uh, during the beginning of the game to see who started with uh, Burden or Side, and I always made it a big conversational piece. And some guy just called me. He's like, "Hey, Big Sexy, get over here!" And so ever since then, I That's put it on nice. the back of my shirt, and I've been wearing it ever since. I remember when I saw that, I was like, it just checks out. It makes sense. Agreed. Not going to question it. Um, oh, so this was the other one. Um, Ketchum asks, how many rips to the center of a Tootsie Pop uh, for you, Jeremy? Oh, gosh. It has to be at least four. So, yeah. Wait, I'm wait. Four. What kind of rips are we talking? Are we talking about, like, oh, rips boy. rips or Tootsie Roll rips? Cause I, think, I think we're talking rip rips. Rip rips? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, probably taking me a couple of rips too. Yeah. There's a lot of um there's a lot of uh inside jokiness with that one. Uh I figured. Um I, I once asked because Brett said <laughs> I think he asked it was, maybe it was either Ketchum or Pyan. He's like, How how many who would you assign a rip to? And Bella was like, Oh, you guys are nerds. I don't understand any of this crap. I'll just let you roll with it. <laughs> Yeah, um, it, it, the rips can get pretty intricate when you have a large group who all is participating in the rip. 
session. Yeah, and that's where I checked out because I was like, this is way too complicated. And actually, it would be. You, you put Brett and Joe together, and of course, like I just feel like I'm out. I'm out. Um, the salty one, he had asked, uh, where are your pretty faces? So he's referring to why we don't have video of our actual faces yet on the stream. And that's because I barely know what I'm doing. So right now we're just kind of sticking with the audio to a, a backdrop image, but we'll eventually get there. And, uh, just to kind of segue into this whole stream idea, like when we were talking about like that specific play, um, that you mentioned, Jeremy, like I would love to be able to pull that up here so we can cut and talk about it in real real time and dissect plays uh, for the future, just to, mostly to make recaps more engaging and trying to help the panelists cover more of what actually went down during events. Uh, but for interviews, um, still working on that whole aspect, but uh, just wanted to kind of address that since we're here and able to do so. But um, I think that's all I had for the questions. Uh, let me check. So yeah, I think that's pretty much all we have, uh, at least for the, for this version or edition of, of the refs uh, chat. And there's a lot of stuff that I really um, am looking forward to kind of cutting and, and doing like, not mini sods, but just real quick like um, bits. And I started doing that with the uh, the Brett Hadwin episode. So hopefully a lot of good takeaways that will uh, get people interested in refing and just understanding and having a better appreciation of what goes into it. But um before we call it, um, was there any final thoughts or shout outs or anything that you wanted to leave this episode with? And we'll start with you, Joe. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we talked a lot um, over the over the past two hours about refing and worlds and got, kind of got off on a couple different tangents. But, um, you know, if anyone has any questions or uh, really wants to know more about, uh, you know, my process in refing or, or um, has a question for me, uh, you know, uh, don't hesitate to reach out because I'm always willing to help anyone who's ambitious or willing to learn. So um, that's, I guess that would be my takeaway uh, in for, um, for today's uh, Session. ref mentality. Yeah. Podcast. Awesome. Uh, how about you, Jeremy? Um, I, I, I feel like I, I, I highlighted a lot of negative experiences with, uh, with worlds. Um, yeah, I'm never going to have you on uh, here again. I'm going to get blasted by Jake later. I'm just kidding. Totally, what's that? Oh, I was totally joking. I was saying, I'm never going to have you again. Jake Mason's <laughs> going to blast me later. No, I'm joking. Man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I obviously the, the goal isn't to deter anyone from refing. I think, uh, there's a lot of great, uh, opportunities to just like be a part of the dodgeball community and uh and like even if you don't get to like see these games in person um being able to like contribute to the community and provide that sort of service i think is important uh and i think uh for anyone who's interested um and i i i know there's 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 cloth coming up so i mean there's lots of opportunities uh i'm not exactly sure of all the specifics with uh with players at least american players being able to go over there um and the capacity and what and in what capacity but um yeah if you have that sort of interest uh, certainly reach out um even though it was hard work uh i'm so glad i did it and i'm and i'm you know it if anything this whole quarantine business has only made me uh, a little more excited to like get back uh to doing more dodgeball things playing refing what have you um so yeah i i hope uh Anyone who has uh, any questions or um, any curiosities uh, can reach out, um, and I'd be glad. I'd be happy to see a whole new, fresh crop of uh, refs who like to stay engaged to be a part of uh, be a part of the sport in that way. Nice. Yeah, and then um, I, as as you know, I've experienced um, 
I'm sure you guys know it's it's definitely we say it's like a thankless job, but I mean there are people that do appreciate what you do, and I just wanted to offer that to you guys and. It's really refreshing. Again, going back to old man moments of, you know, back in the day when refs just did not give a crap to what we have now and what we can rely on now. It's refreshing. It was really cool hearing you guys kind of break down what you bring to the game before you even start um, to go back and watch video and, you know, just get that um, that mindset and that frame of mind going is pretty cool. So thank you both for what you contribute to the sport. It's it just helps. So. Absolutely. Appreciate uh, yep. you having me on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Always, man. And uh, last but definitely not least, can hit you guys with the Austin Deeks joke. Austin, thanks so much for, for hooking me up with this on the fly. Uh, he says, I'm going to read it first. So I don't botch it because I'm really good at that too. Okay. He says, I've been saying mucho to my Spanish friend more often lately. It means a lot to him. But don't do Wait, he. <laughs> oh, I love these. These are great. <laughs> uh, that was awesome. <laughs> just well done. Yeah, once well we get done. video going, it, it'll be great because you can see your reactions. Just like, are you freaking kidding me? But uh, thanks, Austin. But uh, yeah, no joke, guys. Thank you so much for for being um, willing to hop on here and you know talk about your experience and again what you bring to the plate um, and the ref aspect. I definitely love going into weeds like this. Um, and also, Joe, thank you very much for obeying my request to stay indoors. Um, try not to <laughs> try not to be a uh, you know. Uh, I like to yeah. I like to pace or walk when I uh, when I'm talking. So. That is fair. I kept it indoors, though. I did keep it indoors this time. I, I do appreciate that. And I'm sure those listening definitely appreciate getting to hear the full Joe voice Joe voice, and not the robotic <laughs> feedback that we're getting. And also a huge thank you to um, you know those that are watching on Twitch. Um, this is new territory that we're venturing into, and you guys just make me want to continue. And also quick shout out to Ketchum. I guess the echo that we were hearing was the reverb from the stream, so noted. But... Um, that's all I got, guys. So, yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, end the interview here. All right, so that was my ref mentality discussion with Joe Coella and Jeremy Lapierre. And, guys, thank you so much for being willing to hop on and talk dodgeball, but also get into the weeds about officiating and just kind of showing those that are listening um, just what goes into refing on a professional level, especially with high-stakes matches or events such as UDC and Worlds. Um, it was actually really cool for me to learn um, and kind of change my perception to of what goes into being a, a ref, um, on the international scene. Like I had no idea, duh, that, that there'd be such things as language barriers to, to try to power through, let alone the fact that people are watching from all over the country, all over the world. And the, the stakes are just so high. So, I mean, I take my most stressful game that I've ever watched or refed, And, uh, I imagine that's like amplified by 10, uh, based on what you guys have gone through. But anyway, um, as I've been saying, if you are willing or interested rather in hosting a, a podcast episode or is if there's a topic or that you'd like to focus on participate in or just suggest let me know I'm an open book when it comes to these things and I really just like the idea when people take this podcast and and take ownership of it and run with it it's been it's been awesome so far with some of these changes that have happened with the guest hosting from Justin and Amanda and I'm, I'm just looking forward to uh, to more um, also Lucas too, just taking upon yourself to do a men coaches chat um, this is this has been a fun season and for the streamers, uh, those of you that tuned in and, and gave us some real-time questions and, and feedback, I feel like that's just really adding to the engagement level of the podcast. Eventually, I want to figure out how video works so that way we can do like um, in-game reviews, um, 
maybe even dissect a game on the ref perspective as well. That was definitely something that was th- I was thinking about as I was uh, interviewing Joe and Jeremy. And then also just really make recaps that much more interactive uh, once we actually start playing. But anyway, um, on that note, thank you everybody that's listened um, per usual. Um, and have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Maybe I'll pocket what I was going to say about that later because I don't want to get too off topic. Um, so one of the questions or statements that you had, um, actually, hold on real quick. I'm hearing a lot of ambient noise there outside. So take a quick break. Did you go outside again? You, went you said we were taking a break. Well, well now we are because you're outside. <laughs> go ahead. Conduct your business. We'll, we'll wait for you, Joe. I'm ready now. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to make some good outtakes. I'm definitely using <laughs> both of these. Uh, outside blooper. Okay, so you know what? You're right. I did say a break. I meant like taking a quick segue. My my brain is just not here today. Okay, so that was my bad, Joe. You, you, were, you were right. I was wrong. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't want to break the rules. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. So resuming, uh, let me think for a second. Feeding the ego, Steve. Uh, for Joe? <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, so be it. It's Joe. I can't. It's I can't Joe. Do it. Right, you want to talk about feeding the ego? Wait till you get to Ketchum's, uh, Ketchum's question later on. So, okay. Resuming in three, two, one.